Hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome to another episode of Calm Before the Score. I'm your host, Matt Endress, along with my co-host, Brian Hyland. Brian, how are you? Howdy ho, Matt. I'm good. How are you? Not bad. It's been a, uh, an interesting week in the, uh, you know, in the sports world, especially the Philly sports world. Um, so before we talk about the chaos that is the Philadelphia Eagles, just quickly, I want to brush through some um, NBA news that happened this week. Um, as most people now know or should now know, James Harden was traded from the Rockets to the Nets. Um, and there was uh, kind of a growing theory that before he went to the Nets, that there was a good chance that he was going to go to the Sixers. Obviously, he didn't. But the report was that if Harden came to the Sixers, then the Sixers would be giving up Ben Simmons. Now, I don't know about you, but I was very against giving up Ben Simmons. Um, I just think for his age, only being 24, giving him up for Harden is just not what the Sixers should be doing right now. It feels like they would be basically like trying to skip ahead through their whole process of like building a team. I feel like they, they would build a team, be good, and then all of a sudden just disband the whole thing instantly. So I don't know what your thoughts are on yeah, the situation. I'm I'm kind of – I mean, I'm kind of in like the, the opposite camp. Um, I think, you know, trading Ben Simmons, I would have been completely fine with. It would have all depended on like what else. Like you look at what the Nets gave up for Harden. And if they were, if the Rockets were looking for like a similar package with Simmons involved, like then it's obviously like a no go. But if it's just like Simmons and um, a draft pick or two, for Harden, I would have been all on board with that. I mean, I do understand the age difference, but um, my thinking is kind of, and that, you know, this is kind of a question for you. In your wildest dreams, like, what do you think Ben Simmons' ceiling is in the NBA? Based on what like, we've seen so far and based on what he's shown in his career? Um, I think... Ben Simmons, I think, realistically, won Defensive Player of the Year. It's definitely something I think he can and will probably win at some point in his career. Just that size and the strength at that position, I think, really, you know, helps with his having him having a chance at winning that award. Uh, you know, I don't think – I don't realistically, I don't think he's ever going to win an MVP. He just doesn't score enough, and that seems like more and more it's becoming a scoring award. Um. But I don't think if he plays – I mean, he's 24. Ben Simmons plays 15 seasons, which is a lot. But if he plays 15 seasons, I could see like a 10-time All-Star. Maybe a sprinkle a couple of All-NBAs in there kind of thing. I don't think he's ever going to – like I don't think when he retires, he's going to be looked at as like a top 10 player all time. But yeah, and like, so by the time he retires, I, mean, I think he'll be looked at as somebody similar in terms of like overall – how good their career was kind of in the same ilk as like a Scotty Pippen, obviously hopefully with the same amount of rings, but in terms of like production on the court, somebody, you know, that kind of comparison for their, by the end of their career. Yeah. See, so, so my, my kind of thing with him and it's kind of also my biggest gripe with him is that he is like, the only thing that he's done better now than he did his rookie year is defensively. Like if you look at his stats and you look at his game, it's eerily similar to what you saw his rookie year, his second year. And, and that's okay. I mean, it's, he's, he's a good, he's a good player. Like he's a good point guard who, you know, can facilitate the ball, but isn't going to be able to put up points. He's never going to be able to shoot the lights out. Um, and, you know, I think, like you said, I think his ceiling is defensive player of the year, which is incredible. But I think when you have the chance to get a player of James Harden's caliber, who has already won MVPs, I mean, he's a perennial first team All-NBA when he's playing. Um, I just don't think Ben Simmons will ever get to 
that sort of value. And I think also when you kind of couple in the fact that I think James Harden would fit better with Embiid and it would kind of have signified to everyone that, okay, the Sixers are going for it four years. Like that's their championship window. They believe over the next four years, they should win a championship. And I kind of like, I would have liked that move and I would have been, you know, more than okay with giving up Ben Simmons. Um, Obviously I'm not like upset that our consolation is having Ben Simmons and all of our young pieces, but you know, I definitely was excited about the idea of pairing James Harden and Bede and seeing what they would be able to do together because what we've seen, seeing what they'd be able to do together offensively because we've seen kind of the peak of Embiid and Simmons offensively. And it's kind of clunky. Obviously they're great defensively, but offensively it's kind of, you know, awkward and an awkward fit. And I was just kind of looking forward to seeing that, but yeah, I think what the Nets gave up, I would never been okay with the Sixers giving up that much, obviously. Right. And the report that came out was that the six that the Rockets were asking for Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybul, and three first-round picks, which is a ton. My issue with Harden is yeah. who's who's playing defense then? Like, assume, like assuming like if it's just you know starters-wise, if it's just replace Harden with you know replace Ben Simmons with Harden, who's playing defense? Like if you're on Harden, Seth Curry. Danny Green, Tobias Harris. Obviously, Embiid's going to play defense, but, like, from your guard position, you got no defense then. Which, the Sixers are a team that excel on defense. I feel like all of a sudden, trading one guy, you go from being the best defensive team in the league, arguably, to, like, bad on defense. Harden's not a good defender. Like, he's 31. There's a seven-year age difference, I think – like, he's not he's a good defender, but he's also he's, never played with a big. He's also never played with a big big man like Embiid, um, and I think that's. And I but I, but, I, but I, I do think that matters. I do think a player like James Harden. I mean, if the Sixers change their def, like change their defensive strategy to just funnel everyone into the paint and use Embiid and Dwight Howard in the paint as basically their defense, which a lot of NBA teams do nowadays, then I think, you know, I don't think it would be as big of a drop-off as people think. You know, obviously, they wouldn't be the top defensive team, which they are currently, but I don't think they'd drop into, like, you know, the bottom 10. And I think yeah, what it would have made up offensively, I think we would have jumped higher offensively than we would have fallen defensively. And, yeah, it seems like that's the Sixers kind of similar thoughts because apparently – they were willing to part with Simmons, granted for the right price, but Tyrese Maxey was the guy that they weren't going to get rid of, which is interesting that he's the one that kind of hung up the picks. I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the Sixers trading for Harden. It was, it was Simmons. Like if we were like replace Simmons with Tobias Harris, I mean, we're now, now we're onto something. Now we are onto something. I mean, I posed, my trade on Twitter. I said, Tobias Harris, keep Maxi and Matisse Thibel in the trade, add Furkan Korkmaz, still give up those same three ones, and then get Harden and Christian Wood. So it's Ben, so, Harden, probably Danny Green, uh, Christian Wood, Joel Embiid. What are we, that sounds like a championship team. Lose some depth. We still got Shake coming off the bench. It, still Dwight Howard coming off the bench. It sounds like one, but another thing – Another thing to remember with that, like I, I do think that any trade for Harden would have had to involve Simmons because oh yeah, if you bring Harden if you bring Harden onto the team, Simmons becomes irrelevant kind of. Like why why do you need Simmons handling the ball when you have James Harden who you want having the ball in his hands? Like you trade for James Harden to be your primary ball handler. So what does Ben Simmons do at that point? You use him as a post up four like wait, he's just a defensive specialist like you're paying 180 million dollars to a guy who just plays defense and maybe dunks the ball like five times in that four times a game situation yeah. in that situation i would have trusted doc rivers to figure it out 
granted, I was just trying to figure out a trade that I thought was still fair for both teams and that we were able to keep Ben Simmons and still bring in James Harden. So obviously I knew it was a, it's a fantasy world that I was living in there temporarily, but it was just, you know, just a thought, something that, you know, it could, if it happened would be wild, but all right, let's yeah, I mean, and, talk. And even, you know, even the fact that he got traded was wild. I mean, you know, we don't need to get into the entirety of the trade, but I mean, that Nets team is like just I, – I'm very excited for basketball season to get into full swing because I think this is shaping up to be a very fun season. Right. Just a little, little uh, basketball bet. I'm going to take the over in every single Brooklyn Nets game. Oh, you have you to. You still don't have – they still don't have defense. Like, they no. did not solve any defensive problems. They got worse. They got rid of Jared Allen. They got worse on defense, and they brought in James Harden. I'm just going to take the Brooklyn Nets over. I don't even care what the number is at this point. Just over in every single game that they play. They're going to yeah, score the 172 only, points a game. The only thing I'd worry about that is, like, all of their possessions. Like, I, someone posted, like, a video online of, like, uh, it was, like, a joke, and it was, like, every Brooklyn Nets possession, and it was just James Harden dribbling the ball for eight seconds, KD dribbling it for eight seconds, Kyrie dribbling it for eight seconds, and then shooting a shot. And then, like, just, like, cycling through that. And I know it's obviously, like, a joke, but it'd be very funny if that's kind of what their offense was. And I think there might be some games where their offense does kind of turn into that. And those are the games that I'm most excited for, just the takes that will come. Right. And – in the, beginning, it's, in the beginning, it's definitely going to be – After that, it's going to be electric. Yeah, it's going to be clunky in the beginning for sure. But if you're DeAndre Jordan, you got to be ecstatic. You're just going to be catching an unbelievable amount of lobs. Just all you got to do is just stand down or somebody to drive and then just jump and hope the ball is coming to you. That's going to be his only job ca- is catch lobs. He's going to be catching lobs and – catch lobs and get offensive rebounds. That's literally going to be his it. only jobs. That's the only thing you got to do. And, and that's what Joe Harris there is. So it's like, it's, he's in heaven. DeAndre Hatton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. All right. Let's move on to the fucking Eagles. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, we're a little bit of a dumpster fire right now. A little bit of a dumpster fire. Um, I mean, we're firing maybe the wrong guy. We probably should have fired Howie as well. I, I'm going to say Howie as well. Eh. I think Doug should have got one more year, but I think it seems like he didn't want one more year, and I think the Eagles should have fired Howie. But anyway, it's uh, – we're in a bad spot. We're in a bad spot. I saw a stat that Howie, since he took back over for Chip Kelly again in 2016, something like that, he's drafted – technically two pro bowlers, but really one. And that one was Carson Wentz. The other one was Miles Sanders this year, but he got in off a Madden fan vote. So like, I don't, I'm not sure if that really counts or not, but I mean, now there's reports coming out from the Eagles scouts, which I don't, you know, I don't know how you can't always trust how accurate the stuff is, but apparently in last year's draft, the scouts wanted to take Justin Jefferson in the first round and then Jeremy Chin in the second round, which hindsight would have been phenomenal but you know a wise man once said hindsight's 50 50 so that's yeah that's all, not gonna happen it, you always you always hear those reports like coming out like after the fact where it's like you know there's everyone all all the scouts wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes you know like I'm sure every scout on the Jets would have said, oh, yeah, we don't want to draft Jamal Adams. We want to draft Patrick Mahomes. We got overruled. But, you know, obviously that's what they're going to say after the fact. I have a little bit also of be, breaking sure, news. Oh, go I ahead. Have a little bit of well, it's broke now. Obviously, when this comes out, everybody's going to know about it. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, the Jets are hiring former 49ers DC Robert Salah as their next head coach. Boner alert. Oh, oh my. Oh, baby. Five-year deal? Yeah. 
Let's which, fucking go. Are you kidding he me? Was, he was also the Eagles betting favorite. But, okay. So, oh, this, you're oh also just saying this You should first see time. my nipples right now, Matt. <laughs> so, our first reaction to seeing this is what? Um, first reaction is that they got their guy. Um, he was the first person that they brought in for a second interview and that's, and they hired him like, you know, going in, he was the, the top name on a lot of people's lists for the jets because they're looking for a CEO type, someone to oversee the entirety of the team. Like, it doesn't necessarily just need to be some offensive guru. It needs to be someone who can handle the entirety of the team. You know, that's like Adam Gase had a million flaws, but one of the main ones was he didn't give a shit about the defense. He just cared about offense. And he like, you know, you go back to the Raiders game where Greg Williams drew up a zero blitz with, you know, 10 seconds left on the clock and lost that game. Like, a head coach should not let that happen. And that's just kind of like one example of the Adam Gase era. But yeah, I mean, I, I love it. He's going to probably bring over some hot young assistant to be, Oh, okay. What do we got? He's bringing over Mike LaFleur. Oh, my passing game coordinator as his OC. Oh man. My nipples could cut diamonds. (laughs) Could cut diamonds. Are you kidding? I was about me? to ask what's going to happen oh, for the offense, but that just that answered that. So I guess we'll oh, see then what the heck happens that is, to Sam Darnold. I guess that's the next big question yeah, now. Is my, those, is, my guess, I don't know. I I mean it's it's it. If I had to guess, I mean I think I don't see a world where both Joe Douglas and uh, Robert Salah stake their reputation and stake their first time as general manager and head coach and maybe only time on a quarterback who has not proven anything over the first three years. You know, like I still like Sam Darnold. I still think he can be good in the right system, but you'd be staking your reputation that he is a outlier, like that he is the outlier of all of historical data. And I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that, especially not when they have the number two pick. Right. So you think then it's you. So then you, so, okay. I think what it's, percentages I, on it I here think it's Wilson. real quick. I think it's 80, 80% Wilson, 15% fields, 5% Darnold. So you don't think they trade the number two pick at all. That's not a that's not a thought. I don't I don't I guess think they, trade, I don't think they trade the number two pick. No. I think I mean the, not the even is, back like, to like four I don't with know. Atlanta or something like that. It it depends. Like if they you know you always hear like if you have your guy you go and get him. Like if 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 the Jets think that Zach Wilson or Justin Fields is our guy then they take him at two. But if, and, you know, they want to see if, okay, maybe if, maybe, what if one of them's there at six? Like, what if we can get one of them at six? Um, we're happy with Sam Darnold. Like, maybe we'll trade back to six, but I just don't see that. I, I just don't see them risking that, risking their reputation. You know, I mean, they're coming off, Joe Douglas is coming off one of the worst, one of the worst seasons in Jets history. Um, not the worst already going to be on a short leash. Like, no, they went one in 15, um, in the nineties. Um, so I just, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you, you risk bringing back Darnold because if you bring back Darnold and he has a year, like he had like this year, you're gone. Like you're done. You know what I mean? If you bring back Darnold, or if you if you bring in a rookie, like you have at least two years, you know you you get a little bit of leeway. Right. Yeah. I get. Yeah. I guess it's really. I feel like who's gonna have to have a lot of input in that 
is the floor who's the brother of the Packers head coach for anybody who didn't realize that it's he's, you got to hope that when he was brought into the OC, then his opinion and Joe Douglas's opinion were kind of like in the same like line. Yeah. So in my head, like Salah probably is going to be like in my head, he's going to be you'd kind have to of imagine it was, you'd have to imagine be kind it of Rabel like. Yeah, in my head, he's mm-hmm. going to have a, a kind of like Rabel where like he is the identity of the team. Yeah, and that's what you want. Like, like, like kind of like Vrabel, yeah. kind of like Brian Flores. Like, you want that guy who, like, the team takes on their identity. And I think – and that's why I, th- I thought he was, you know, at the top of the list. Like, I think he is the kind of guy – like, he's kind of – he's the opposite of Adam Gase. Like, Adam Gase was, like, you know, this, like, wiry, like, weird, quirky fucking weirdo. And – and yeah, exactly. And and Bobby Sala is this like freaking maniac who will probably try to fight Makai Becton the first day of camp just because he's just because he has the the, the biceps to do it. Big Bob Sala is not going to take losing very well. Um, speaking of him, he was the betting favorite for the Eagles job. Um. Glad I didn't make that bet. Um, this yeah, this is wild. So, I guess I mean the Jets got their guy. The Jaguars today got their guy. I was going to ask you if Urban Meyer being hired, kind of the first coach, maybe was going to start. You know, the dominoes kind of trickling down, and people start getting their guys. And it certainly seems like, at least right now, that that's that's definitely the case. So well, I mean I'm I'm just I'm kind of just putting you know two and two together. I'm I'm a connect the dots guy. Bobby Sala interviewed with the Jets. They didn't get the deal done then. Where does he go next? He goes and he interviews with the Eagles. He talks to the Eagles brass and says, "Oh my God, I need to sign with the Jets after talking to these morons." That's I mean I I don't have any any reason to think that I mean Christopher Johnson or or maybe he thought you know Christopher Johnson is the dumbest owner in all the sports I can just roll I can just run this guy over and eventually probably get his ownership stake in this team I don't know all I know is Bob Sala is the coach of the Jets and we got a coach that I can call Bobby I mean it's it's a (laughs) win-win-win I think the problem the Eagles are having is like when you bring in, right. But also when they're bringing in people to interview and they got, they're going to, they're going to ask, what are you going to do about Wentz and Hurt situation? And I think if that opinion doesn't align with what Jeffrey Lurie's thinking, then they're not going to hire him. Lurie wants Wentz to be the guy. He wants Wentz to be the starter. Doug did not. Doug is now gone. There's other things that went on. Apparently, Doug didn't like people yeah, telling but, him what to do. And Doug wanted to run it back with his guys. And uh, Lori wanted to make, you know, a splash higher coaching-wise in the offseason. And Doug wanted to stay loyal to his guys, which is all fun and good. But Lori chose Wentz. And what the owner wants, the owner kind of is going to get, for better or for worse. So, that kind of brings me to who – the world the Eagles are going to hire. There's guys that I want, like the guy that I want to be the Eagles' next head coach is Brian Dayball, who is the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. My thought is he, he be Josh Allen, similar body, similar body styles. They both have you know similar playing styles before Wentz got hurt. My thought is maybe he can do to Wentz what he's already done to Josh Allen which would work for me. Um, another guy to keep an eye on that I like is, and I guess the Eagles are interviewing or have already inter- interviewed him, is Gerard Mayo, who, former linebacker for the Patriots, and I guess his nickname while in New England was Gerard Belichick, 
It seems like this is a guy who's had coaching on his mind forever. So anybody, I mean, New England coaches turning into other coaches has not had a good success, but Patriots players turning into coaches so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, Frable is the only one that comes to mind immediately, but something about kind of a younger guy played in the league, knows how to talk to players, was a linebacker. So, you know, you know, toughness is there. So that's appealing to me. A lot of, a lot of Eagles fans that I'm seeing kind of wanted to be Deuce Staley as the Eagles next head coach, which nothing against Deuce, but like, I don't know. I don't know if he's earned it yet, but like he's he was not he wasn't even the OC. He's never called plays. Like I'm sure he'd be a great coach, but like kind of a little make or break situation here for the Eagles. And there's a lot of turmoil. Yeah, Deuce is a level head, but I feel like one, he's not like that big splash hire that Laurie wants. Two, he doesn't have any real experience other than being the Eagles run game coordinator. I mean, I know he knows the Eagles building inside and out and he knows the culture better than anybody, but I, he hasn't, I feel like he still hasn't quite done enough. I would love Deuce to be the OC under Dayball. I would love for him to still be in the Eagles coaching, you know, department, but I don't think Deuce the head coach is quite yet ready or right for this team at this time. So, the, the although one thing if you I think say, he is, you can bet Deuce at plus 700 to be the Eagles' next head coach. The one thing I'd say about the Eagles that I think um, if if the reports are true from Peterson, like all the stuff that you're hearing about Peterson, I think it's going to be tough to get that big splash higher when, you know, Roseman controls all of the personnel decisions. You know, yeah, well, that's if you're like that, if you have options. Yeah. So like, that's why a guy like Deuce Staley might make more sense. Like a guy who kind of is going to fall in line, like, you know, cause what it, it, and I, and I don't know if this is the case and I'm kind of just going based off of what reports I saw from Doug Peterson, which, you know, could have just been him kind of, you know, saying, given the middle finger on his way out. Um, but if they are true, then it's like, okay, would Brian Dable rather go to the Chargers or the Eagles? You know, if the Chargers are going to bring him in on personnel decisions and he's not going to have to be tied to Wentz if he doesn't think Wentz is the quarterback option, you know. But a guy like Deuce Staley, like, you know, kind of – Going, who's, who would be making like a bigger jump and probably is going to have less options might be the name that eventually gets the job because it's like, okay, like he fits what we want to do. Like he understands like his role. He understands kind of what we're going to be doing. Like he, he is here to kind of be the leader of the culture, be the leader of the team. And, um, you know, we're going to work with him to fill out his staff, um, but he's really not going to be this, like, big personality that's going to try to, like, overtake Roseman. Right, I agree, which there was talk early on, like, right after I was fired of Lincoln Riley maybe looking to come into the Eagles because he and Howie are friends, and he coached Jalen at Oklahoma his last year, but I guess – Lincoln would want some sort of roster control at what it seems like. That's not yeah. something that I guess, I, mean, I guess giving up partly roster control isn't how he's decisioned. It's glory. But I mean, just looking at some of these other vacancies in the league, is the Eagles the worst option? Like the chargers, you get Herbert I, and a so young I team was, and you're in LA. The jets are taken. Atlanta, I mean, that's not a great gig either. I mean, you still have to figure out what you're going to do with Matt Ryan. Uh, I guess D- Detroit, yeah, I mean, also not so great. 
I, I, I saw then, someone like talk about, you know, the, the, the kind of like the rankings and, you know, the, the clear top two, I would say were Jacksonville and uh, Los Angeles. Yes. I, Los Jackson, Angeles Jackson, I agree. Yeah. Jacksonville, you have the first pick, you have a abundance of cap space. Um, and, and you have a, you have a, uh, uh, a quarterback prospect coming out. That's a once in a generational kind yeah. of guy. It's and a good, the, it's a really good draft to have the number one over, obviously number one over picks always good, but some drafts, there's not like yeah. a clear some, cut. Some, some drafts one. are better than other. And this is like yeah. one of the best drafts to have it. Chargers, you have Herbert. Um, obviously you're in LA, like and you have like the young core, like a new building. Um the and like the I what I've been seeing is like the biggest downside to the Chargers job that people talk about is like, oh, you'll be expected to to win soon. It's like, okay, that's kind of a good problem to have. Um you know. And I think a lot, a lot of it does come down to what kind of control these guys have. Um, I know last time the Jets were looking for coaches, they had an agreement with Matt Rule, but then Matt Rule backed out because the Jets wanted to assign him who his coordinators were. Like he, they, they wanted to pick his coordinators. And, you know, some teams you might can't. try to do that. You know, some teams might – not give the coach any say in personnel. Like there's like stuff that kind of the, the fans and like the, you know, the reporters don't really know, like the conversations that go on that make one job better than the other. Like all you can kind of see from the outside, but looking at it from the outside, I would probably put the Eagles in that bottom three with Detroit and Atlanta. Yeah. I think Houston might be down there too. I mean, you got Watson, but your cap situation is terrible, and you have no picks. So that's yeah, another terrible. And Watson might want to get traded. Yeah, I, I, I for, I'd forgotten about Houston. I mean, on, that's honestly, another tough the, one. The, the kind of remaining jobs left, other than Los Angeles, aren't really like that. Yeah, and I think appealing. I don't know. I mean, I mean Philly's like, appealing because you have a team and you have an owner that's willing to do basically whatever it takes to win. Um, you have a GM who drafting wise, not great. It's just to put it out there. Not a great drafter. He's not, but he's shown that he's willing to make trades to try to improve the roster. Also doesn't always seem to get those right. There's some guys the Eagles could have traded for in the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs that they didn't. But I don't think I don't think Philly's the worst spot now that I think about it. Still not great. I think I think they want like I think that like I think they want a guy who's gonna be able to come in and figure out the Wentz hurt situation. But the problem with that right now is those guys are either – I mean, there's two guys, Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka, who both are offensive guys with the Chiefs. One, they're still in the playoffs. Two, we got dug from the Chiefs. Or do we want to do that again? Somebody who isn't calling plays on the Chiefs. Like, do we want to do that again? I don't know. Also, you know, Brian Dayball still in the playoffs, so we can't exactly interview him yet. Yeah. So I it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be I, – I, I honestly think Dable is going to go to uh, Chargers. I think, I think Dable – Unfortunately, kind of I agree with you. has his eyes set on the Chargers. I think the Chargers have their eyes set on, the char- on, on Dable. Um, I think I – mean, I'm able to watch, like, look out for on the Eagles. I think, I think Arthur Smith would be a, Arthur Smith. a real good yeah, hire yeah. for the Eagles. Um. I mean, you get him in there, think, and then you also get Deuce as the OC. The, the Eagles are going to be machines around the ball. Wait, hold on. I got the list here. Let me uh, – I mean, Gruden that's what you let want. Me know. Stop. Stop me when it's the guy you're thinking of. Mike Kafka, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore. Okay. Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore. Or keep going. No, no. Deuce it's there, a, it's, Lincoln it's, Riley, it's, it's, it's Matt Ebris. Uh, yeah, he's not on my list here. Yeah, he's, he's not the, even. He's you can't even bet on him. Coordinator. 
you can't even bet on him to be the guy on FanDuel yet. Something tells me the Eagles are going to sign like Eagles are going to sign Adam Gase, tank for two years, and uh, start over. You what heard would, it what, here. What, what, what would be your reaction if the Eagles signed Adam Gase? You, I would become a Jets fan. Okay. Uh, oh, you the heard future, it here first. Bro. The future. If you, the Eagles sign Adam Gase. The future is officially brighter for the Jets than it would be for the Eagles. Don't even care what the roster is. You heard if it here first. If sign the Eagles sign Adam, Adam Gase, Gase, Matt Andrus is going to get a tattoo be, of the Jets that's logo not what I said. on his forehead. I did not say that. That's also oh, not no, what okay. I said. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess I just heard you. A little bit. I, yeah. If we get Adam Gase, I'm... I'm out. I am out. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think. No, I think the chances it would be are zero. That... Ah, zero? Mean, the city Gase probably the... wouldn't want any control. He's a yes man. He's he also a good is... steak oil salesman. He's, but he's a bad I guess coach. you didn't see the games when the Jets put their offense into hyperdrive. Okay, I mean, hey, he did he lead them to the a win over the Rams. Paper drive. The Jets beat the Rams and the Browns. There is there is a world where the two teams, the Jets, that the are the Jets best team in the league, meet in the playoffs or meet in the Super Bowl. Meet in the Super Bowl. There's a chance. And then by default, the Jets beat them both. The Jets are the best team in the league. I would, with that said, I would demand the Lombardi Trophy to Fulham Park. With that said, let's move on to. The game that one of those teams plays in, first game of the week, is Saturday at 4.35. The Rams are going to Green Bay. Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under in that game is 45-and-a-half. Um, we know now that Goff is starting, which isn't surprising, I guess, because Walford got taken out in an ambulance with a neck brace last week. So I don't really consider yeah, that to be news. Would have been tough to um, come back next week. That's a tough look. That's a tough look for Jared Goff too. Got in there, got him a win, put up thirty yeah, points. Yeah, it was even Seattle. a conversation. And then they're kicking him back out for a guy that left in a neck brace in an ambulance. Not a good look for a guy that you that next year has a yeah, sixty-five they're like, million they're like dollar cap hit. Waiting to name the waiting to name the starter. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's uh, tough. Jared. Um, little fun fact, probably not surprising. Jared Goff, bad in cold weather games he's uh he's played six games in his career under 40 degrees two were with jeff fisher so we're we're throwing those we're throwing those out we're not counting those the team is three and one but how much of that is mcveigh golf's got a 50 second police percentage 6.7 yards per attempt and five tds and five picks in those four games which not great um so he's what has me worried about the Rams. I think defensively, the Rams match up extremely well against the Packers. I think Jalen Ramsey, I, Devontae Adams, they kind of cancel themselves out. You think that's going to be something that you just kind of ignore? I think you go to Devontae early, kind of see how it's feeling, see how he's going to do. And if it's looking like, yeah, probably not going to happen, then you have Aaron Donald going against the banged up Packers. O-line. And also, Aaron Donald hyped up on all the drugs. That's an important thing to remember. Although it's ribs, they better hope they don't puncture his lungs like they did Tyrod Taylor earlier. And those Los Angeles doctors, you can't trust them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Donald inserted the injection himself. Also, not surprising. Um, so, another fun fact that I had this week for this game. The Rams are the number one defense in the league. When facing a number one defense, Aaron Rodgers in his career, 0-4 when facing the number one defense. Neat little stat for you there. Maybe that, maybe that changes your uh, opinions. That just so, – um, that backs up what I'm going to say. I love the Rams at plus six and a half. I am on that as well. Oh, okay. Uh, one stat. Before we get into our picks, just I want to put the stat out there. For everybody to hear, so then if our picks are wrong and they follow this stat, in the divisional round, 
teams that win the game cover 89% of the time. So what that means basically is that if you're an underdog and you win, obviously you cover because you're getting points. But if you're the favorite and you win, most of the time you cover those points. So blowouts maybe, or, you know, I think because you're, it's a good team against a worse opponent. You're at home, you're coming off a bye. You've got typically big home field advantage. Everyone's hyped for the playoffs. So some of that I think kind of wavers a little because you don't have that same home field advantage. But Packers coming off a bye are very good under LaFleur. Um, so, but I agree with you. I am on Rams plus six and a half. Just golf makes me nervous. Yeah, golf makes me nervous, but I'm just I'm I'm focusing on the Rams defense. I mean, I just I love that defense. Um, Jalen Ramsey, like you look at the his stats against like top receivers this year, and he's just played absolutely bananas. Um, it kind of reminds me of. It kind of reminds me of the the Revis year, um, when they went when they went to the AFC Championship, uh, where he was just like he just like shuts down a half of the field, and Ramsey kind of does the same thing. Like, it makes right. it so much easier to scheme defensively when you can shut down half of a field, and then you add in Aaron Donald, who, like, watching watching him play is it's like it, it's football porn, like. What he does to offensive lines is it, – it, it's so much fun to watch. Like, he – like, he, he – you're – Yeah, you're pitching a tent and you're looking when, when he lines up, he lines up in, like – I, I am. I am. He bought, like, that five technique, and he slants in on the guard, and he just blows them up. And it's, like, the most fun thing to watch. Like, he just – he takes a grown man, like, a 300-pound man who is bracing – for impact, and he just throws him to the side. He's it's, it's insane. By the time he's like, done, I he might be the best football player of all time. I think they. I, I don't think that he he's he's on he's on a course for for that. I mean, he's he's yeah incredible. Um, and I just don't I don't think the Packers are going to be able to run. I think the Rams' defensive line in front is too good, and then I think. I think it's going to come down to the Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams matchup. And I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to slow him down enough that they, they are able to cover at least. I mean, I think the one, like you said, the one thing that worries me is Jared Goff. Packers are just, four and one against the spread their last five playoff games. So I don't know if that makes you nervous at all. Um, do you have any but, thoughts but on that the total? The over under is forty-five and a half. The who was that loss? I'd lean the under. That's what I have too. I just think good defense. Packers defense isn't terrible. It was against the forty nine. Stop a run. Last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they got and, and, ran all over. They got ran all over. It, it's it's kind of you know the Rams are kind of built like that same forty ers team. They can run the ball pretty well. They have, uh, yeah, Packers struggle to stop run the, ball, the run. That's going to be big. They can run the ball good. They, 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 they don't run it as well as that 49ers team, but they run the ball good. They have that great front who can, like, basically force you into being one-dimensional. And then they have Jalen Ramsey or, in the 49ers case, Richard Sherman last year. Who is like shutting down half of the field? Like it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like similar teams. And I don't know. I, I don't. I just like the Rams. I like the fact that they're the number one defense. Like I think their defense has been great all year. If Jerry Goff can just not turn the ball over, then I right. think the the Rams are able to win this game. Um, I think they're able to win it. And then I think regardless, I think they're going to be able to cover. Like I think it's just going to be a close game. And I think a touchdown. Spread is like a little bit too much for these. Right. Uh, I love the Rams here, and I mean, it's, so, I mean yeah, of course, I mean the fact that I love the Rams so much means that they're going to get blown out. But I don't care. I'm betting yeah. Rams, and we're on the same page here. I think we're both taking the Rams. We're both taking the under. The next game 
is has has my brain in a pretzel. Ravens at Bills. Bills are minus two and a half um, at home. The over under for that is forty nine and a half. Now, my initial thought was I was going to take the Bills. That's just kind of what I think the Bills have been hot. But then I started doing some research. I started finding out some stats, and oh boy, do they all favor the other direction. Oh lord. So the Bills' run Uh-oh. defense is bad. Is so bad. If you run to the left side, they're giving up six yards of carry. If you run to the right side, they're giving up five yards of carry. Lamar has played eight games under 40 degrees. He's 7-1 and one with 7.6 yards per carry. He's thrown 18 touchdowns to four interceptions with a 65% completion percentage. Uh, the Ravens are 28 against the spread their last 28 games. 7-0 and against the spread their last seven playoff games. 7-1 against the spread their last eight as road dogs in the playoffs. So, I, all the numbers are pointing to, but also, yeah, also another thing that I thought is the Rams' strength on defense is their secondary. The Bills' strength on offense is being able to throw the, the Raven. Ball. The Ravens, you mean? Now, yeah, the Ravens' strength on defense is being able to defend the pass. The Bills' strength is being able to throw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My thought is you put Marlon Humphrey on Cole Beasley, you double Stephon Diggs, what do the Bills do then? And the Ravens are the best team at running the ball, and the Bills are horrible at defending the run. It just seems like Ravens plus – and they're still getting two and a half points. You know? This is kind, know, of, the, this is kind of what's going through my head. I, but it feels – but I don't trust Lamar Jackson still. I, I, what happens if the Bills get the ball and all of a sudden – the Bills get the ball first, all of a sudden touchdown, three and out, another touchdown. Ravens are down 14-0. They don't come back from down two scores. They just don't. So that's what makes me nervous so every time I, I, I bet the Ravens. You if you don't trust just... Lamar, do you do you trust Josh Allen in the playoffs? He got a better career playoff record than Lamar does. So does he? He's he's one and one as opposed to what one and two. Isn't he? Did they make the playoffs last year? Isn't he one and zero? No, no, they made the playoffs last year, and they had that huge blown lead to the Texans. Well, he's all right, he's one and one. Lamar's one and two. Yeah, but but so, but still, like I think, I mean, I just think that they the Bills have been a buzzsaw. They've just been putting up thirty five plus for I don't even know how many weeks in a row now. They just feel hot. Yeah, that's. This game, I'm, I'm taking the over. I can't. I agree with that. I one can't too. get myself to take either side because every time I do, I talk myself into the other side. Like I could, I could talk myself into the Ravens. I could talk myself into the Bills, and because of that, I'm going with the over. The Bills have scored at least 24 points every single week since November 1st. They haven't scored less than 24 since October. And that was against the Jets you know who, when they won. When they won, yeah, it was eighteen. Yeah, and do you know how many touchdowns they scored in that game? Zero. Jets held off field six field goals. goals. Six field goals. But absolutely electric. Just... The Jets are the Jets are an enigma. <laughs> I agree with you in the on the over. So good. It's so funny. It's the Bills put up points, like we said. And they're not going to be able to stop Baltimore from just running the ball all the way across the field on them. So right now, I'm going Ravens plus two and a half in the over. I might flip and then flop back this week a couple times before the game starts. And if I change my pick to Buffalo, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm... I'll get I'll get sure it's put out on the Twitter. But right now, Ravens plus two and a half. It's what all the stats are saying. It's what all the trends are saying. I didn't trust the stats and trends last week, and we got bit in the ass because of it. I'm trusting the stats and trends this week. Ravens plus two and a half. 
I feel good about it. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, I until I, tomorrow, I, I, I'll put out uh, my, I'll put out my other pick on this game on my uh, my blog. Um, I don't know which way I'm going to go. It's going to be one What's way. What's the name the of your blog? And I'm going to talk myself into whatever pick I make. Uh, BigDogsBetting.com. Easy to remember. BBB. Triple B. Big Baller Brand. BigDogsBetting.com. That's BDB, but okay. Damn, I need to change it to Big Bogs Breading. <laughs> Be way more Yikes. electric. And then I just and then I just sell Big Baller Brand on it. Yeah, of course. Get Le- yeah, get Lavar to sponsor you. Be great. They're probably they're probably send you some. Do shoes. you think if I, I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna take the triple B, big baller brand logo, and I'm just gonna change the middle B to a D, and I'm just gonna only wear that. Yeah, I'll I'm gonna make my own there. my own merch. That's yeah, definitely I don't see, not copyright infringement. Why Lavar would care? No, he. Well, that's the thing. Big know, baller he, brand like going under is that they, they, they don't have any money to sue me. So what do I care? I think they need a little pub. Maybe, maybe they're, they're looking for you to help them out. Give them a little extra. There little you tension. go. Exactly. Yeah. Just helping them out. There we go. A little, uh, little sim- symbiotic relationship. Bingo. Biology. I think. Science wasn't my thing. Anyway, Browns and Chiefs is the first game on Sunday. This is, we talked about this last week where on Sunday they do weird times. This game starts at like 3.05, which is just unnecessary. Um, but this is Chiefs yeah, minus just, 10. Just make them normal times. Yeah, make the Saturday games at 4 and at 8. Make the Sunday games at 1 and at 4. And let's just keep this thing moving. Why do we need a 3 o'clock and a 6 o'clock? People are just going to get confused. Yeah, 3.05 and 6.40 are the Sunday games, which is stupid. Um, Chiefs are minus 10. The Chiefs, I have stats here. The Chiefs just this year just refused to cover. They lost so many people so much money. Chiefs are one and four against the spread, their last five as a home favorite. Chiefs are one and six, their last seven as a favorite. Chiefs are one and seven against the spread, their last eight overall. They're 0 and four against the spread, their last four home games. They just don't like winning by what they're supposed to win by. Also, I'm not gonna also Patrick Mahomes hasn't played for two weeks because they had the bye and then he didn't play week seventeen. So I don't like are you concerned about Mahomes possibly being rusty and them starting slow? Cause if you know, if they start slow and the Browns jump out to a quick seven nothing lead or ten nothing lead or something like that, because the Browns have been putting up points. They've been scoring. Their offense has been clicking. Like, are you concerned that maybe there'll be a point where if they start slow because of some possible rust that they're not going to have enough time. Ah, they scored 30 points in a quarter, like three times this year. So there's always enough time, but like, yeah. I, like, tens I of would, tens I would a big number for, for a team that does not cover very well this year. But for, for any other team, I would say, yes. Like if they get out to a early deficit, then I'm worried, but I watched this team come back from, what was it? Twenty-eight against the Texans, and last year, yeah, they, they got. Were, they also, I mean, they they were down. They were down twenty-eight nothing, and then they were winning at halftime. So they're down twenty-eight I, I don't nothing think at, in the any, second quarter. Any lead is, and they were, yeah, they were down twenty-eight yeah. nothing in the yeah. second so, quarter and still lead at halftime. So, yeah, so I'm not like if the Browns get out to a fourteen nothing lead, I'm not like okay, that's it right off the Chiefs, like, they're done. Um, I do think 10 is a lot um, for a team that just doesn't cover, you know. They just refuse to cover. cover this year, which is, yeah. They also don't do a good job on the, on the total, on the overs, because I've bet a ton of Chiefs overs, and I've lost, I'm pretty sure, every single one. But in true oh, yeah. big dog fashion, I'm going to ride with the over again. Uh, if you give me a playoff 57, total, that's 57 it's a high total and a half. Yeah, if it's if you give me a playoff total that's 57 and a half, and you expect me to not bet the over, then I don't know. You, you're you're an idiot. Like I can't not bet a 
totaled that high in the playoffs. Right. And also, like, the Browns offense has been clicking. The only way – like, I think I'm also taking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win. And, like, the stats earlier, 89% of the teams that win cover. So, this, if we think the Chiefs are going to win, then they should cover according to that statistic. Um, the thing that makes me nervous, though, is the Browns can run the ball. And if the Chiefs have issues with stopping the run – then that's what could, you know, keep it close. I mean, that's the only chance that the Browns have is if they're successfully running the ball. Um, also, let's not forget, which kind of helps us, but Andy Reid off a of bye is a goddamn magician. 20-8 and eight against the spread, 23-5 and five overall is Andy Reid off a of bye in his career. So let's not – we can't forget about that little nugget. I think maybe I was overthinking the rust factor a little bit. It's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I think they're going to be fine and ready to play. I'm yeah, I'm not too – It's official. I'm, I'm taking – Hey, you know what? I'm going to ride with you on the over, too. I like rooting. I hate betting unders. I just do because it's like you're rooting for just people to suck. And like very quickly, if you have boring. two bets, if, but if you have two bets, you could be the second quarter and you already can't win both of them. But if you take the over, everything's always still in play. Like if you have a team minus, you know, seven, and they're down ten, if they do the math, they're to cover the over hits, and you're like, well, great. Now the only chance I, I can lose both of these, or maybe I can go one and one, but you can't if you bet the under. Very quickly and very easily, you can realize that you're not winning both of these bets. And that gets horribly frustrating and you don't even want to watch the game. Yeah. So I'm taking the over. Exactly. I think I bet, I, I bet a lot of unders last week. And every game I bet the under it on, worked. it went over. And every game I bet the over on, it stayed under. I, I, was, I, was, I, went, I was rough last week. But I'm with you. Betting the under is just not fun. And for playoff divisional round, I want to have fun. Like, I want to get into the fourth quarter, and if the Chiefs-Browns game is like 17-10 going into the fourth, I want to be like, okay, uh, how many touchdowns do we need here? Like, all right, we need to score within the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, and then we need a quick score out of the other team. Like, I, I want to do that kind of math in my head where I'm just like, okay, we need points bonanzas in order to hit this over because that's fun. Sitting there being like, okay, uh, we're at 40 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't want any points in this quarter. I just want these two teams to punt it back and forth with each other and for the game to end. Like, who wants that? Right. I mean, shout out my guy McAfee, but I don't want to be rooting for punts. I don't want to be rooting for punts. I like Agreed. touchdowns. I don't like rooting for punts, which – the most exciting play in sports, but I, I don't like rooting for punts. Um, the, the next game, the final game, probably the game with the most – eh, maybe other than Bills, Ravens, most interest is Bucks at Saints. Saints are minus three. This one to me is – what I'm going to do is very simple. The Bucks have lost to the Saints twice this year. I will not bet against Tom Brady – one in the playoffs, two to go 0-3 against the same team in the same season. I, I, can't, I can't do it. I have a stat that says otherwise. Teams that beat a team twice in the regular season and then meet again in the playoffs, the team that won twice is 14-7 and seven in that third meeting. So that's that would say you probably should take the Saints. But I'm not betting against Brady in the playoffs and to go 0-3 against a team, the same team in one season. That's what it comes down to me. I'm also taking the under 50. I know we just talked about unders, but two good defenses, two aging quarterbacks who aren't at the top of their games anymore. 52 is a real high number. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Bucks pick. Um, I think 
it really will come down to the two quarterbacks. And right now, Brady looks a lot better than Breeze. Um, the the Saints offense just hasn't hasn't looked good down the stretch. Their defense has obviously been incredible, and they've been winning games. And but I think when it gets down to it, and Drew Brees needs to make some big time throws late in the game to either lead a game winning drive or lead a game tying drive. I don't know if he's going to be able to make those throws. Yeah. And maybe, you know, another week of having Kamara and Michael Thomas, you know, both out there, maybe that'll change some things a little bit, but I mean, Drew Brees has got like Linguini for an arm right now. He's, it's, he's just not, I feel like he's yeah. not throwing the ball very well or with a, or with a whole lot of zip. So, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's why I'm taking Bucks plus three. Like I said, I'm taking the even though we just said I I don't like betting the under, but still trying to make money here. And I feel like both these defenses are real. The Saints defense is very good, and it feels like they're getting Trey Hendrickson back, who led their team in sacks this week. They're getting him back which is big. Um, I just I, – I have to take the under. I think 52 is too high, even though I really want to take the over. Yeah. But I'm surprised I just, to see 52 for a game like this. I was thinking – I thought it was going to be like 49, 49 and a half maybe, yeah. something in that area. I see 24-21-ish as the final. Maybe 27-24, something like that which is 51 points, which would be under 52. So that's that's yeah, what I, I was thinking. Yeah, I think 52 is high for how good both of these defenses are. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they think that Tom and Drew are going to want to compete against each other and just be throwing the ball over the place. But I don't trust either of their arms to be able to consistently just keep throwing the ball all over the place. Also, neither team can really run the ball, so they're just going to be throwing. So, their arms might get tired out there. Um, all right, so let's just go back over. Oh, before we run something, did you watch any of the uh, Saints-Bears uh, game on Nickelodeon at all? I only watched Did you on check that out? No, I only watched on Nickelodeon. I, what I I want every NFL it, game to be on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Are you a kidding? fan of the slime you, zones? It, it, the only thing that I wish is that the um, Browns-Steelers game was on Nickelodeon, so we could have gotten more slime zone. It, the Nickelodeon I, broadcast was the best broadcast ever. I mean, it was it was fun. It was exciting. It was it was delightful. I mean, for for that game, like. It was also great for that game because that game was just a boring game. Like Mitch Trubisky and the Bears just stunk it up. It was like, okay, it was like a nice little change of pace. And there was like multiple times where there was like touchdowns. They got called back, but they still hit them with the slime zone. They had the Minecraft like replays. It was, they had young Sheldon coming out and telling me the rules of the game. It was fantastic. I have two things that I would change. One, make it real slime, not CGI. Obviously. Two, obviously. Two, get rid of young Sheldon. He's – I don't like him. I'm not going to say any disparaging remarks about a child, but he's got a very, he's got a very punchable face. I'll say that. <laughs> Kid's like 12 years old, man. I st- have you seen him? I stand by what I've said. Um, all right. So to review – I am on the Rams plus six and a half and under 45 and a half. The Ravens plus two and a half and over 49 and a half. Chiefs minus 10 and over 57. And Bucks plus three and under 52. And I am on the Bucks plus three over 49 and a half in the Ravens bills. The Rams plus six and a half and the 
over 57 and a half in the Browns Chiefs game. And I am also on the Canberra Calvary plus 145. Oh, Australian baseball. Love Melbourne that. Aces in Australian baseball. So get that pick in early because it starts 3 a.m. our time. It gets very early. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Uh, oh, keep in mind, we were both very cold last week. So, oh, yeah, look, we are due to get look, hot. Looking back, we are I was, due... I was, looking back, I was two, two, and two on my picks on the pot. I was which, triple two. I was 0 and I mean, 6 on my picks that I made on big dog betting, which is, well, <laughs> if you faded me, you went 6 and 0. So it's like, I don't That's know. It's true. I was, with totals, with over unders, I think I was like 2 1 and 1. I don't remember my exact record for spreads, but it was not great last week. So keep that I got in mind. Out I had the Bucks at minus uh, eight. Yeah, I got fucked. I got I real minus, early in the week. I had Bucks. I had Bucks minus seven and a half. Nice. Which yeah, they lost five or they won. Or no, I had them eight. I had them eight. I had them. Oh. I had them eight and a half. They won by eight. Which. You don't expect. The I eight love the hook. hook. You don't expect, you don't expect eight the eight points. and a half hook. No, you don't expect the eight and a half hook. Um, all right, so that's it for this week. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. I got a good feeling about this week. Real good feeling about this week, but uh, you know, let's say just bet as much as you're willing to lose. Well or said. Bet whatever you want. I mean, if you want to bet, if you want to bet your mortgage, bet your mortgage. It's it's your prerogative. It's your mind. It's your account. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody.